Man, the music has been hitting. Hitting, dude. I mean, just get you fired up. Yeah. Just get you fired up. I just want to run right through one of these glass walls here. But maybe not. It's kind of cold outside. Well, I mean, they've been kind enough to host us. We might not want to break their shit. That's true, yeah. Your belly would take the brunt. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off. (laughs) So, time for another Soccer Dad pod. Zach, I'm I'm playing this one for you today. Thank you. Welcome back. Feels good to be back. Welcome back, young grasshopper. Did you miss us? I did. That sounded slightly No, I did. I, I really did. I, I don't like missing anything with you guys. Here's and I had to choose uh, my family over you guys, which is not a hard choice. But it doesn't I don't mean, know. It I doesn't, mean, it probably it, kept it, you up a couple nights leading did, up to it, didn't it? did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, glad to be back. All right, so let's just get this out of the way. We're here at Mellow Mushroom. Uh, thank you to the Mellow Mushroom team for allowing us to come in, crash it, eat a little pie, drink a little beer, and throw up these microphones. Um, but here's here's what I want to get out of the way. We're at Mellow Mushroom. Excellent pizza, phenomenal calzones, tremendous beer selection, a whole list of brown fried appetizers that keep everybody happy. Yeah. They also got mushroom soup. You ordered mushroom soup. <laughs> yeah, I did. There's a guy at the bar that had it, and it looked really good, and it won't crunch on... The mic. But it can slurp. I'm not going to slurp it. He's just a fun guy. <laughs> and it's mellow mushroom. And it's mushroom soup. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> I can't wait. Did, did, did you <laughs> walk up to the, the bartender and was like, you know, um, what soup do you suggest? No, they only have one. Okay. They have <laughs> would, you, soup. would you like to hear the soup du jour? <laughs> Sounds great. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on. It, we, here we are in the middle of the holiday season. Um, today's guest, you, you know, we've, we've said a number of times on this show that our game plan is to really be a pendulum. We want to swing it. We want to go back in time, and we want to look forward into the future, of, you know, the future of not only St. Louis soccer, but soccer in general. And, you know, we go backwards, and we look at all these you know, Hall of Famers and ex-pros and all these individuals that walk among amongst us. Today is going to be no different. So really uh, looking forward to our conversation and get some of those OG stories. Well, and I like this one, too, because he has his name has come up on a, a variety of, of, of yep. guests that we've had in the past. Oh, you got to talk to this guy. And so I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um you know, we, we continue to get um, new support from institutions and other individuals uh, that are uh, helping us out with the show. Uh, first things first, I want to go ahead and thank Shelly and P and the whole crew out at Ambush for hosting us uh, this past Sunday. Uh, we, we caught the Ambush's first W, W of the year. Um, what was, was, what, was the, what was the final score? 5-1? Five, 5-1, five, five, one. Five, one. Five, one, W. Over Dallas Sidekicks? Yep. Tattoos uh, old squad. <clears throat> which you can go back to our last episode, and it was a lot of fun because we kind of rolled through the game experience with guest experience at the same time. Family, uh, uh, P shot up a couple of uh, new signings. John SK, who is Will SK's brother, 
fresh in from uh, his collegiate days. And then we had Ali, uh, who came down from Omaha, but his journey started in Somalia. And it's just an incredible story. Go back, check out the episode. I put timestamps on the episode notes. So if you're wondering, you want to jump around, go ahead and do that. About the time that you guys were recording that, I was at my dad's house in Washmo, and we were opening gifts. And my brother did one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Really? He bought gifts from Globe Pharmacy in Webster Groves. Yeah. They have these boxes you can buy. I think it's $4.99. They're already wrapped. But you don't know what's in them? You have no clue. And he didn't tell anybody. So my youngest, Beckett, was the first to open. He got, I mean, the most random shit you've ever seen. And it was so hilarious watching and Beckett was, I, I don't think this one was for me. <laughs> thing, what do you mean? Was you it like don't? feminine hygiene products? Yeah. No, it was like uh, necklaces that had like the smiley face emojis on it and an athletic supporter and uh, a, a card game with rap themes. Like, just all, I mean, Same. random. Globe drug, Webster Globe Groves. drug, Webster Groves, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Explore STL, thank you for stepping up and helping sling out the episodes as well and move us into other markets because a lot of people are loving these stories from afar, uh, which brings me to uh, we're out here at the South Lindbergh location of Mellow Mushroom. We're in the Sunset Hills Kirkwood area. Uh, so real quick, guys, rapid fire. If you're going to do something in here, you're coming in from out of town or you live 20, 30, 40 miles away. Jared, you go first. What, what are you eating, my friend? Well, uh, quickly, um, you already mentioned here, because this is a good stop, but I'm going to go over to the old stomping ground, Helen Fitzgerald's. Um, spent a lot of time there with games at the park, soccer park down the road. Um, great bar food, um, you know, Cyberg's owners, Twisted Tree owners. Fun fact, in St. Louis County, they sell the most beer. So they got, th- yeah, they're doing oh. something right there, and that's a good place. Kids, adults, games, uh, the game on, you'll, you'll so like it. You know, you know what the you know what the number two uh, venue only to Bush Stadium being number one in the whole metropolitan area is for beer sales. Is it the place Fast Eddie's? Fast Eddie's Bonaire. Wow. Yep. And I think I think Helen's is right there with them. They got to be. They're, they're top ten yep. for sure. I would think so. Yeah. Zach, what you got? Kirkwood, so, you're coming in. What are you doing? If you've got smaller kids, the Magic House, you have to check it out. If yep. you haven't been and you're from this area, it's definitely worth the time and effort. So cool it, to get the kids engaged. It's kind of the original um, uh, city museum. It, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, I'm going to toss on there a couple different things. Lumiere Sculpture Park right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Go check it out. Uh, food-wise, Cafe Provençal. French. Right down the road. Lindbergh Road. Uh, they got a price fix. You pay 50 bucks. You get four courses. It's phenomenal. Everything is cooked in butter. You hit it up, man. Red meat, butter, and potatoes. And I'm from the French descent. I should probably go. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris and Bill and the team, PinnacleLoans.com. <clears throat> Again, thank you for everything you do. Um, and it's inspired us. We've, the, the, the pinnacle points of the day, if you guys decide to relocate and eh, you're like tired of those us three guys, we're probably still going to stick with pinnacle points of the day. I, I like it. I love it. Uh, Zach, you said you've got a soccer-themed one, so you go first. I do. There's a Netflix special out 
It's a couple episodes long, and it's about the women's national team prepping for the U.S. or the World Cup in 2023. I'm three quarters away for the first it episode. It is phenomenal, and if you had any misgivings about what it takes to to get to that level, and you want to understand what it takes to be a, a, a female pro in this day and age and what they go through to get to where they are, especially about being a mother. You had Lindsay Eversmeyer on the show with Jen Cease last week. I just highly encourage that if you have a woman in your life or a daughter in your life or anyone that you know of as a female and they're athletic or interested, you need to watch Under Pressure on Netflix. My takeaway from 45 minutes into the first episode, all these naysayers after the Women's World Cup exit of this year this was filmed prior. Um, they were all hunky-dory on, uh, they just don't have what it takes. Watch the episode because these women in this organization puts everything in the kitchen sink into what they did, and they just failed this year. They'll be back. Agreed. Check it out. PP2. What My, you got? Mine's completely off soccer. Um, I'm, I'm a sports fan. I'm an all-encompassing sports fan and um i'm gonna go to the world of mizzou um a week from this friday they play their bowl game against ohio state today they're trending on social media they have picked up really really good signings and commitments today check it out but what i will say drew lock last night this show is not real big on football but sunday night football philadelphia's got the best record in the league they play at seattle they put Drew Locke in, ex-Mizzou uh, ex quarterback. He leads a game-winning 92-yard drive to win the game, um, to beat, you know, as an, uh, as an upset, underdog. Seattle beats Philadelphia last night. His post-game interview, check it out. First, it, first class. I think it's, I, it's, it's, like, if you are a sports fan or if you have a kid in your, cl- in your house that plays sports, have them watch that interview. It is sincere. It's phenomenal. So he played in Mizzou, right? Yes. Correct. Uh, do you know where he's originally from? Lee Summit, Missouri. Kansas? Yep. So it was a fluke. So he was he had a one-off <laughs> night. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying he was a pretty good quarterback for us, and he didn't necessarily – a lot of people will say he didn't get a fair shake in Denver with how piss poor that organization's been. And uh, hopefully he gets another chip in a chair. Because I'm, I'm pulling for the guy because I like him. They've already announced he's not starting next week. I know. <laughs> What's that? He's not starting next week. Ah, you know, it's the NFL. I mean, they've got massive, massive investments on all fronts there. Watch the interview, post-game <clears throat> interview. It's awesome. It's really good. So my pinnacle point of the day is more of a conversational subject matter. Uh, you guys know how I like to go down the little pet peeve route. Or, uh, it, it's the holiday season. We still have a, uh, quote, little at, at the ripe old age of 10. And... I don't really remember my own childhood, but here's my question, you guys, because I've got opinions as to this. Number one, how old is a good age to start to uh, approach the subject of the big guy around the holidays with a little? And two, is it ever appropriate for another individual, child or otherwise, to burst that bubble? Uh, So I can tell a quick story on my middle child who at six years old said, I-, I don't think Santa's real. Well, I mean, great. He's kind of a naysayer to begin with. Yeah, and I said, well, why, why not? And he said, because Touche. you guys said we should ask Santa for whatever we want. But then when I ask for something that's expensive, you say it's too expensive. Well, if Santa's making the toys, how is that possible? 
Wow. Very intuitive. Okay. <laughs> if we're real, here, here's my sentiment, and this is what my wife and I did, is everything, everybody wants to rush everything along, and, and the innocence and the childhood is over in a blink of the eye. Think about our kids' sports career. It's going to be over before, like, holy shit. I don't think that you rush giving away the innocence and you know I, I don't want nobody to tell them I don't you don't force it let well, it just play out naturally each well, kid's I, different yeah so so the first part of the question was addressing you know when's you know the age and appropriate to address it and, and I'm really only asking that because I watch socials and I hear through you know uh, just close circles whether it's at a game or doesn't matter where and I hear parents complaining about Elf on the Shelf or whatever it is. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, is it a pain in the ass some nights? Sure. But overall, are you, are you serious? Like, this is, this is one of those few things, these, an opportunity to just kind of, like, check out in a good way. To those people complaining, it's over in a blink of the eye, man. I mean, just, just embrace it. Our, to, to, to answer your question, our youngest, Beckett, was about Max's age when he... Yeah, Max, he kind of like... Because uh, I think they already kind of know, but they, they just have that hope still out there that there's something that magical well, he in had, the world. He had, <laughs> he had a very, very depressed face the other day whenever I think he connected the dots, and it sourced from a third party. And so he asked me real quick what my thought was, and I'm like, you know, dude, I still believe I believe because I want to believe because it's fun to believe, and it's a hell of a lot easier to imagine jovial, you know, good stuff than it is to be, you know, a wah wah. Yeah, I agree. Did you hear uh, breaking story out of North Pole? Comet, <laughs> Comet is not going to be with the rest of them this year. He's all upset at his wife because she went to Vegas and blew fifty bucks. What's that? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No, I just no, I just got a. Uh, um, but did you get the alert on your phone? Comments not going to be there. Jeez. It's because no. his wife went to Vegas. No, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Um, no, we're not. No, we're so, not going to talk about this in a second. <laughs> no, <laughs> you have to go back and no, listen. No, I'm legitimately <laughs> distracted with this one. I know. Um, a couple other things. The previous episode to this one, I had Matt Danaher on. Um, you guys are both out. It was a it was a mano y mano, me and Matt. Um, killer episode. This dude invented, uh, uh, coded the app Soccer Pulse. Mm. He's working with a ton of USL collegiate col- uh, clubs, etc. Uh, Matt Fuchs, uh, the okay. uh, the the player from uh, Leicester that won the Champions League and bounced around and came to MLS for a couple seasons. Runs a club. He he works at that club. He played at Fairfield. With Matt Turner, um, oh, yeah. and just a, a ton of cool stories about his path, and then this app that he's been using, uh, kids can kids can use it right now for free. But there is team functionality, but it's kind of this uh, hybrid where they can. How do you feel on a daily? Like charting them, tracking them. Are you in a good mood? Are you tired? Did you get enough sleep? All this stuff. Just kind of really leaning into the the whole player. Uh, it was it was cool. It was a lot of fun. We, we we talked about this in multiple episodes. The the metrics, the measurables, all of the 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 the, the money ball stuff. That shit's going down this road where it's big time in our sport. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I. Everybody's trying to get a get a hand up, right? Well, there's only so many touches on the ball you can get. There's a lot of other shit you got to deal with. Yes, sir. So you, you didn't like my reindeer joke. I, I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it again. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Gotta hear Mellow Mushroom. Uh, if you get a chance, come check them out uh, during the holiday season or whenever. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have our guest on, Mr. Larry. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Zach, what's yes, your uh, Mushroom Soup review real quick? I really enjoyed it. Was it mushroomy? It was very mushroomy. Creamy? A little creamy, a little kind of like a burgundy Fre- base. Fresh yeah. mushrooms or canned? Fresh. Yeah. Fresh mushrooms. Do you even eat mushrooms? You got to look Yeah, I like mushrooms. A lot of garlic. Just, like, I mean, that's... That's the last thing. I would get that right before the toilet mint. I mean, I don't know why you would even get that here. Because it's good. It's called Mellow Mushroom. Yeah. Whatever. All right, we're out. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. Simply the best in home loans. All right, guys. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Back. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a little mellow, um, but I did come up with that wonderful reindeer joke. I don't think you came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I think you just repeated it, but it was, I, yeah, it was I think it's delivered pretty, well. Yeah. Was it appropriate for for a bar? Yeah, for a for the holiday season. For it was totally appropriate. NC17 podcast was it appropriate? Yes, yes. Okay, good. How many, how yeah. many years of, in a row have you been telling that joke? I first year, really. Just came out, man. It just comes off the tongue. Whatever. <laughs> you were probably on the parking lot at work. Rehearsing it. I was I was rehearsing Christmas jokes before this. Uh, you had all the drivers. I had a come whole in. You, had, you had all the drivers come into the bullpen. You're like, listen to this one, guys. <laughs> Be serious. Be serious. <laughs> I just uh, want to know how many times you have to explain it to people after you deliver the punchline and you get the what? How many times do you have to like tell people? Uh, do you want me to explain it to you? No, no. I got you, it. You got it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've officially wasted a minute 24 <laughs> of our guest time here. <laughs> let's get it going. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Jared. How's that? Technical difficulties. Jared's back with us. Uh, today's guest. Um, another St. Louis. An incredible pedigree. Long resume of both playing and coaching. We're going to jump right into it. Larry Holzer, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. JB, thanks for having me. appreciate it. No problem. You, you, Zach was saying at the uh, intro when we were cutting this before you showed up, um, 
that your name in particular was another one of those names that when we do talk to uh, some of our past guests, it's always like, oh, well, you know, what about this guy? What about that guy? And there's a Venn diagram. And yours always seem to overlap with <laughs> a lot of their comments. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. You, you know, and you, you've listened to the show a few times. I have. Um, so if you could just, just take take a minute or so, give us give us the early St. Louis background, kind of what neighborhood did you grow up so that we can kind of paint a picture, you know, and then we're going to jump into the playing days and zigzag through that. Okay, it's pretty simple. Like a lot of your uh, guests, uh, I grew up in Florissen and uh, went to St. Dismas Parish. Thank God it wasn't uh, Granite City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no, Grant you know, guys, come on now. <laughs> I didn't say anything. No, all, all, all good there, you know. So I, I went to St. Dismas, and uh, you know, there was so many uh, great players that came out of there. You know, the Bruce Rudrovs and uh, Sammy Bix uh, was from there. The Egans, the Schulers, the Ubers. These guys that uh, you know are, are lifelong friends, which I know that you guys um, you know, are, are, are close, and you have players that you play with that you're, you continue to be very close with. That's that's what I always love about St. Louis, a close knit, you know, uh, society that we live in. You know, they're, they're, everybody's there for each other at all times. So um, after St. Dismas, which you know, I'll brag a little bit about about our about our group, but we had guys that came through, you know, all, all together. All we won five city county ch- straight championships. Wow. Um, we won one in baseball. You know, it was like the same group. You know, and uh, so we had you know, some pretty good athletes in our in our in our group there. You know. Um, and then from there, I ended up playing for the Florissant Celtics, um, which was, uh, and we were the National Junior Cup champions in 1974. Um, the the Mar- McGuire Cup at that time is U- U19, so um, which was which was you know a great thing. As a matter of fact, we're um, we're getting a Celtics reunion together, which will happen in June. Nice. Um, not just you know just not just with our team, but that'll be the basis of it. But are, you know, are you anyway. doing it at Peronis or uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's down in uh, um, Chesterfield Valley? What's the um, the beer? What's the beer? Four Hands. Yeah, uh, uh, Four Hands. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be down there, so we'll all be together um, for that. Um, and this got me listening to one of your podcasts. Uh, but I went to McClure North High School. Nice. Comets. Uh, no, no, North Stars. No. North, North Stars. North Stars, yeah, yeah. yeah. And our, my coach was Al Trost. Awesome. Wow. Now, so, and this got me to listen to Al's podcast, and, he, and you t- asked him about his coaching background. He never mentions once about it, and you guys brought it up about McClure North, you know, and I'm like, yeah, we, we, won, we won the state championship in 19, <laughs> 1975. You don't even mention it. He's that know? humble. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm thinking, you know, not, not even saying a word, you know, I mean, I was just like, you know. So, I mean, from that standpoint, we'll, very, have, to, we'll have to bring that up to him. So, so did you, do siblings? Do you have siblings? I um, had a brother, you know, who passed away um, through sorry, COVID and all that. So, um, I just had, had one in. He played, actually went to McClure. So, he played at McClure and they won the state in 1973. So, so he, he's older a, brother? Yes. Wow. Yes. So, uh-huh. so, your household as a kid, um, uh, parents were they into the game why why soccer at an early age for you you know it's always amazing to look back and think about this but you know my dad was he was like one of my first coaches never played the game in his life i don't think he knew much about it you know it was just one of those things we had you know some dads come out and you know group of guys and what changed it all is that uh we had uh my best friend don uber but his brother bob what, you know, he was playing in Eastern Illinois. He came back and started coaching us. 
you know, and so now we're really getting some, you know, that kind of technical training and just, you know, uh, and tactical, we're getting better. Right, exactly. You're yeah. starting to get an idea, of, you know, the game itself. And we, you know, as we were, we were blessed. We had a bunch of like good athletes on our. You know, it all came up together in the same grade, you know, same grade school and all that. And um, yeah, so that's where it kind of really all took off. I'll be honest with you. You know, just to have somebody like him, you know, there that knew the game and knew the drills and things we were, you know, working on. Where before it was just, you know, I mean, back in my year, it was just dads giving their time. You know. Yeah. Hey. So, so then, getting into high school, you're at McClure. You guys win state. Was that junior year, senior year? It was a senior year. Senior year. You've got Altros as a coach because, and obviously, anybody in America knows who Altros is. Sure. Um, talk about that transition from McClure to SLU. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I mean, it. it the, the thing about it in, in that time, you know, and, and you've had some other guests, you know, speak about this a little bit, but you know, back then. You know, it, I had a lot. Of, I was fortunate because of the lead up of things. You know, and you have Dave. You had Dave Bursick, who's also a great friend of ours. That was kind of talking about the teams that went to Scotland, and we went yep. to and went to Oneon and York, and it was an international tournament. And we, you know, we, our, our training was we, we played practice games against, I mean, collegiate players. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know we're juniors in in high school, and. That's, we played St. Louis U. We played a mixture of guys up at Flow Valley where Pete let us play on the nice field. And I know some of the guys were standing with let you on. You know, and it was just, I mean, that, that type of exposure to older players and the physicality, the brains, you know, the, the, the thought quickness. The speed, yeah. The, the speed of things. And that's, that's yeah. the difference, you know, from one level to the next in my mind, you know, as far as like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the, you've you got to have this high skill level. Uh, playing at a higher speed you know and that's how that's how it just seems to it, you know every level it seems to always be that's the step you have to go you know right and and so from for me it was you know and harry harry had a lot to do with putting our teams together you know i think david had mentioned that you know with the emos players and, and the, the celtic players all coming together to go playing these tournaments so you know as i went along i was you know fortunate and and harry you know thought i was a decent player and you know, brought, you know, Don Huber and myself and Ty, Ty Kegel and uh, Frank Schuler, who was also, Don and Frank were teammates of, of mine through all St. Dismas and through all McLaren North. And um, it's just kind of that little transition when, you know, Harry came calling and, you know, I, I, and I say this to people, they're kind of shocked at, but in that era, maybe not. I used to go watch Quincy play all the time because, you know, a great friend of mine, Danny Gerling, Bernie Gerling was my coach for the Celtics. But he'd drive us up because his brother was playing up there. Jack you know? McKenzie's Jack, squad. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we just, I would go up there and I go, you know, I kind of like this place, you know? Yeah. But it came down to it and the reality was, you know, that I really wanted to be at St. Louis U and, you know, again with, you know, Ty and Frank and Donnie, you know? I mean, so I went there and, you know, didn't have the success that the earlier teams had. Sure. You know, but it was still a great, great experience. And, you know. Well, you what? had some, you, you had some personal success. I, I think you led the team in assists one year. You also made an All-American team. So don't be humble because, you know, maybe the national championships weren't there, but you you shine good enough to, to eventually get drafted, you know. So speak, speak about that a little bit because maybe you guys didn't win national championships, but you, that team, the players on that team, you guys were pretty damn competitive. Yeah, we, no, we were. I mean, we were ranked almost every year. We were ranked number one at one one point in time, you know, during the season. But you know, at that time, you know, the, the rest of the collegiate teams, you know, you had that San, San Francisco was phenomenal. Indiana, you know, was very good, and 
you know, I'll, I'll, there was no walkovers anymore like it maybe was in the 60s, I'll say. You know, I mean, every team you play was competitive. And, you know, so it, it, it was always a challenge. And, you know, but we'd always run into somebody that, you know, would knock us off. And we lose. Yes, I you. Obviously, it was another, you know, they, they became a thorn in our side, you know, as well. But um, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, it, it was a great time. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give that up for anything. Uh, the years I had there, and I kind of like, you know, and I, again, I'm kind of resorting back to some of your other podcasts. I mean, like, I, I remember Dave, Dave Burstick talking about uh, him and Ricky Davis went to the Cosmos. Yeah. Well, Ty, Keel, and myself both had the opportunity to do the same thing, and we just turned it down. We just stayed, you know, I, we committed to St. Louis U. I'm going to follow through, you know. I mean, it's just it's, it's how it is, and who knows? And again, you know, the Cosmos at that, that time, you know, you're a young kid, and I'm not going to play. I want to play, you know. Right. So let me, a themed question that I've asked repeatedly on the show is, you know, a, a kid from Florissant, North County, you, you bounce through the – CYC in the club world and you you graduate SLU offers you that opportunity to play uh, talk about the family what did it mean to your mom and dad when you got that call and their boy is going to go to the SLU University to play soccer and get an education how big of a deal was that in, in your house well it was it was huge because I was going to be you know I mean if, if I went through the, all the four years I was going to be the first one to get a degree you know, in, in, at the university of college level, you know, so for them, it was great, you know, and obviously the soccer, you know, my parents, they sacrificed, you know, a great deal for yeah. me to play, you know, I mean, the, you know, money wise, time wise, more than anything, you know, and, um, you know, for them, it was, it was neat. It was not, you know, you went there at that time. I, you know, they, we didn't pay a cent, you know, and it was, it was nice. And, you know, you want to make sure you took advantage of that opportunity, you know, and, and, and stay there, the, you know, finish your degree. I mean, actually when I, Kind of moving ahead of that, but when I got drafted by the Aztecs, and uh, I, you know, I left school at semester because the season was going to start, right? So, but I yeah. promised, I promised uh, my my mom and dad and uh, my my future father-in-law and my wife, my future wife, that I'm I'll finish my degree. So I came back, you know, after the, the LA season, NESL season, came back and got my degree at St. Louis U. Which you know, it, it, it means a great deal. You know, it really does. And I was, you know, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so why St. Louis? And not to not to go crazy ahead, but why St. Louis U is fresh on our mind. Um, the pride that you're spilling about this university and that team and those and those men that you played with uh, is awesome. Um, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, the St. Louis University Athletic Hall of Fame, in 1995. Uh, just recently, um, St. Louis U had has released their 2024 class, and, and Tim Marine, which is a no-brainer, everybody knows, and I'm sure you have a lot of pride there. You can speak on that. Um, but, you know, I think he was in the mid-'80s, so you were the late-'70s. So six, seven years later, a guy like Tom Strunk comes along, and he just got the Distinguished Alumni Award, gets inducted. Um, can you speak? You've been in the game coaching, and we'll get into your timeline. Can you speak a little bit about Tom Strong and what he's done for our game locally here? And, and, and just another feather in a hat as a Billiken who's done great things. I know, know being a proud Hall of Fame member, you probably got a lot of pride in that that announcement. There's no doubt. I mean, Tom, Tommy is a fantastic guy. I mean, he, him, Tommy and I actually played for Kudis after my professional career, <laughs> you want to call it, and we played together there, uh, you know, uh, for them. 
But the guy, the, you know, he, he's just pure class. I mean, that's all. That's the only thing I can say. You see him, and it's like you know, in the you know the level of, of accomplishment he has made in the business world. And you walk by him, and it's like you know, he's just like one of us. Yeah. Hey, how I you doing? That. How's the family? I mean, and that's again, that's the part to me of loving St. Louis is the people because. You know, it doesn't matter what level they're at. If they're here or they're here, you know, they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. down or up. I mean, it's, it, yeah. you, you treat them, they treat you the same way. It doesn't make any difference. I, I've said that before about uh, Tom. My favorite thing about Tom Strunk is his Saturday morning tweet with him and his daughter <laughs> yeah. going to breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I've heard that. <clears throat> and, and it's just one of those things, and I think that it's really, you know, the privilege of doing this show for me, and these guys, will, I'm sure, will concur is our ability to kind no of en- encyclopedia these stories and what really kind of rises up is, you know, stories like that. And, you know, even you talking about you made that promise. You went back to SLU, the pride, to get the degree. It wasn't that St. Louis players had the grind and the skill and the connections and all that stuff. It's just good dudes, you know. And, and how, does that, how does that make you feel like when in retrospect, when you look back at – all of it, and, and I'm going. All, I'm going straight to the finish line right now, and then we'll get back into the years of playing. Yeah, but describe the pride that you have. I have to assume you have pride. Great in deal. Where you're from, your peers, the successes, the cups, the, the you know, you, you've seen now a second and third generation of these names. What does it mean to you to be a St. Louis soccer player? It, to me, it means everything. I take a great deal of pride in this city. I mean, and I definitely a great deal of pride in the soccer and the soccer players that we have developed in this city and continue to develop. And uh, you know, Jared mentions, uh, you know, Tim Ream. Tim Ream, again, is a fa- fantastic person besides being uh, one hell of a soccer player, right? Do you think St. Dominic I'm, has anything to do with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does. You want to poke the bear? Oh, <laughs> Come boy. on now. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, it, it, you know, people like that. And that's the thing that is neat about the generations of, you know, the Pat McBrides and the Al Trost and the Carl Gentiles. And then you come back, you know, we're at the, you know, the, the, uh, the national team uh, honors, you know, and, you know, you got Brad Davis there and, you know, and, and Tim Marim, you know, he's up, I don't know if you heard that whole story, but he came and spoke, you know, to all the, the players that made it to one of their training sessions about what it meant to him mm-hmm. that he was from here and what, you know, the coaches that he had, you know, the, the Tommy Howes and, Special. you know, and, Dan, you know, it, it, and it's, and, and there's a great deal of pride by anybody who's ever played, you know, in this city. You know, I mean, I, I mean, again, listening to your other podcast, but Perry Vanderbeck, you know, it, I mean, all you can come back to, you know, I've been gone since I've been 18 years old. Yeah, I'm a St. Louis. That, that stuck with me. He said that. He, he said, did. You know, it, it, really, it was, he had just turned 18. He was a puppy, never looked back, and he still claims STL's home. Right. Well, go ahead, Zach. I'm curious about something because we've we've interviewed dozens now of legends in our sport here in St. Louis. We've asked a lot of different questions about grit and about determination and about perseverance. But I've always been curious about something that I think is interesting about St. Louis and the fact that you went to McClure North, you played, you know, select soccer back then, club ball now. You go to SLU and then you go into the draft and you play in the national team. Was there ever a time where you were like, you know what? I think I'm done. I, I don't. I don't think I can do this anymore. It, it's too hard, or it's too much. And if there was a time like that, what got you out of that, or who? You had to say that. You know, I mean, 
there was the thing I, I always think about saying some of your other questions, you know, that, that you've asked other, other guys. For, for me, you know, it, I, no matter who we, I played against or who, you know, I never feared anybody, you know, I mean, so to say that there was ever a downplay, there always was because all of a sudden you weren't playing and you're used to playing, you know, that suddenly you're going, no, 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 maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not the player I was or could be, you know, but due to whatever injuries or, or whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's, it, there's a lot. It, it's a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, again, you, I, I try to tell the kids like coach, I said, you know, the number one person who has to, if you're going to be successful, who has to believe in themselves is you, you know. And I felt, I feel, felt like that, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, I said, you know, I, I can go out there and do this. I you know, again, you know, you're NASL and you're playing against Georgie Best, you know, or, you know, I mean, Crife was on my team in Los Angeles, you know, and, and you're in, in training with him and all. And you go, hey, all right, you know, if he beats me, next time I'll try. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll try to get it next time, you know, whatever. And that's how it, it had to be. There, there, there's, there's a point, you know, when we get, I'm really getting ahead here a little bit, but like when I was in, I went to, you know, the art with the Cosmos. And I, it was in L.A. the first year, my first year in league, and I got traded along with Angelo DiBernardo to uh, the Cosmos. And, you know, it, it was, I mean, it, it was one of those things I knew right away. I mean, th- you know, these guys had 35 guys on their, mm-hmm. on their team. They had a bunch of national team players from their countries. Weren't even, they're sitting in the press box, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, I'm, I guess I'm getting on here, you know. I'll be, and, you know the, and when you got your opportunity, I mean, you did, you did the best you can, but there, was, there were times when, you, when, when your coach, you know, and you always had a coach that maybe doubted you a little bit. Those are, it's hard to overcome that because, you know, you're, you're fighting. You may have the respect of your teammates, but, you know, if the, if the coach isn't giving you, give it out. And that's why I asked the question because we've had Steve Ralston and other guys on here who didn't come out of St. Louis as the star. They created that path. Right. And we've never really dug into the some of the adversity side of it, like from the coaching well, perspective. So I'm I, I glad have, you, you get too, because yeah, it relates exactly. to this, but go ahead, well, JB, because no, I got to follow up. Yeah, I have a part B to this, and you can have the part C. Because the other day, I was uh, I was uh, on socials, it was the photo, it was this photo here, and people listening, oh. you can't hear, it was an MISL, the 70s photo, and what you just said where it was like, you, you just wanted to compete. It was just always about competing. I always wanted to be better. And, I, and the other day, I remember looking at this photo where it's you in a steamer's kit. Do you remember who you're talking to or who that was with well, you? Well, I, I, I'm not with my glasses on here, but... <laughs> uh, Larry Helser and Gordon Hill. Gordon uh, Hill, yeah. And Gordon's a very good player. Yeah. And I looked at that photo, and I'm like, that's just a dude probably sitting there telling him, like... Go fuck yourself. I, I got you. <laughs> like, well, I don't know Could've what been. you're thinking. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just that vibe. I look at yeah. these Patch and and Eves. You know, we saw e, uh, Ebert out in Phoenix yeah. about a week and a half ago. Oh yeah, God, he's awesome. And he still has that like swagger. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, that, that. And, and I think that I, I remember growing up watching you guys play with Steamers, etc. And what you just said solidifies that. Why? Why do you think it was that? The confidence was so elevated I'm among the St. Louis players. Yep. Yeah. What 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 created that? You know, it, it, it's. I mean, I would say because the teams I played on, and man, I'm not going to brag necessarily about them, but I mean, we were very always very successful, and then many of the guys that play with. I mean, we we were successful players, so because of that, you knew you can play and compete against you know no matter who it was. I mean, again, you're saying I'm saying that, and you're playing against you know George Best and. You know, yeah. players along in that ilk, but you know, 
it, 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 at the same, same time, I, it, it, it's a hard thing to maybe pinpoint, but it was just, it, it, it's the me- mental side of things and saying, that, you know what, I have, you know, again, I'm, I'm on the field, I'm getting an opportunity, I got to do my best Get a grind. to show. Right. Yeah, that, that that's wonderful because as you were answering Zach's question, and this is in reference to Zach's question and your answer, JB had said the word, the whole word I could think about, the only word was confidence. And so at each level you played, to continue to keep going and not who told you but how you operate as a player and we tell our kids this all the time play with confidence so clearly you were playing with confidence through those collegiate years well you go to the Aztecs and uh, you become rookie of the year before you go to the Cosmos well what was your confidence level after becoming rookie of the year and going to the Cosmos you're like well shit all these guys in the press box that can't speak English all these national team players well I can fucking play too well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and I'll say something because uh, Draghi was another one. Don Draghi was another one, you <laughs> yeah. guess. And, and they really did. It was strange how they used to do these voting. I didn't deserve to get Rookie of the Year, I'll be honest with you. You know, this Bronco Sagoda, if you remember that name at all yeah. from indoor yep. soccer. Yep. Yep. He, he scored like 14 goals. I didn't score a goal, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, okay, well, you know, but these guys, you know, Draghi's always told me, yeah, I had all their guys vote for you, you know. And I'm like, you know. You should thank me, and I'm like, you know, he says I, I owe him, you know, that, I owe him that you know, trophy they gave me or whatever. Does he have you on the back of one of his business cards? Uh, no, heck no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't at that at that level for for him, but yeah, no, I mean, but to answer your question, I mean, the, the, the Aztec thing was great. They basically were redoing their entire team there, you know, and and, and Rena Smeekles, if you recall that name, he was a 1974 Dutch coach, mm-hmm. and he was a phenomenal coach. I mean. You talk about a, a guy who got you fit. I was never more fit in my life than I played with this guy, you know. And we would do it and tell a story if you don't mind me veering off here. No, little please bit. do. Absolutely not. But please do. So, so Renus tells the assistant coach, his name is Peter Short, to take Angelo Di Bernardo, which I think you've heard that name before, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I, and put us in a 20 by 20 square, and we won the one against each other. Well, Oklahoma it, drill. It, 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 inside, you know. Again, you're you're, you're thinking at the Rose Bowl, you know. Yeah, see, it's a hundred and something thousand people. Now they're not nobody's there, but it's just us. And he's got slide tackling each other, and got, and he goes, and that was Renus's mentality that, you know, because they were, you know, the Dutch were a very physical team along with a skillful team, and he he says this is what these guys need to learn how to, how to do. So it was just kind of something always, it always stuck, stuck in my head. And Angela and I we were still very very good friends, and you know we, we talk about it quite often, you know, about about those days. But you know when we went to the Cosmos, I mean, I knew many of the you know guys there. You know, I knew you know. Obviously, Angela and I were roommates, you know, in, in L.A. and all that. But, uh, you know, with Ricky, Ricky Davis and I were friends. Mm-hmm. We grew up playing Dave Versick, you know, um, and many other, you know, I, I knew that they were the the pinnacle of soccer in the NASL, obviously, with the players that they had, you know. And, the um, market they played in, you know, all that right. stuff. Yeah, but you're still, you know, when you go in there and you're thinking, okay, they got this guy, this guy, this guy. And maybe that was the one part of it where you said that I didn't maybe believe in enough of myself. I'm going, I'm like, what are you, how am I, how am I going to get on the field? You know, and there's always, the, you, you, there's, there was doubt there, you know, and I should not have done it because, you know, Angela went up there and was highly successful, you know, and, you know, obviously Ricky Davis and, you know, the American Jeff Durgan, if you recall mm-hmm. that name. Yeah. You know, they did, did, did well. You know, I, you know, I stayed for two years and, the story of not many, many people know, but I just, I literally walked out. I was married, and I just said, you know what? Uh, I'm going home. Yeah, I, I did. I said, I went home. I mean, they were. Eves you know. e- e- kind of talked about that yeah, for different did. reasons. Well, yeah. he was a, a rookie, and then 
at the end, I don't even know if it was the end of the season, but he went to the Steamers after one year with the Cosmos. Yeah. Eves left in the beginning. He got drafted. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean and he's mentioned too, the Eberts, I grew up in the same street, you know. I mean, we had, we had, we had guys who, you know, a lot of guys who played. Yeah, no, it was. It, well, I mean, who, who so. was it? Who was it that had the block? Was it Daryl? Daryl Duran? Yeah, there was somebody that like Bill McDermott lived down the street, and then uh, I mean, yeah. they all lived up there in North North what City, it? North County area. Was yeah, it yeah. Sorber? Um, I don't. Sorbs lived in in, in Delwood, um, but our, but our street actually. I mean, you mentioned that because we, we you know, the Eberts, you know, the Holsters, uh, the Haggerty. Haggerty was a goalkeeper at uh, uh, Quincy. Pat Holly went to Quincy, played professionally in Colorado. In, in the Rudrofs and Gearlings, right at the end of the street, we were all right there. I mean, did you guys lose any Sandlot games? Uh, a, a few, you know. It depends <laughs> who you picked, right? Who's my teammates here? You know, when but, they were yeah. in grade school, they lost yeah. to the high school kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we didn't do that. We'd play. That's what we, I mean, you learn. I mean, from, from you, playing you guys, older you guys. You guys tried to roll up to Pete Sorber's field, and and that's where you got your teeth kicked in yeah, a little yeah, bit, didn't yeah, you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break, break here. Uh, we're gonna come back with Larry. We are up. At Mellow Mushrooms, time for a refill, uh, regroup, reset. See you after the break. I'm Max, and I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline, or playing Xbox, with permission, of course, I listen to the Baked In Podcast with Josh Allen. Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you are interested in the secret sauce of success, check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. The guest is nodding. I think we found one. Uh, This was a special request. Our guest came prepared. (laughs) He does listen. (laughs) Most people just placate us and are like, oh, yeah, I've heard a few. Nah, you haven't. (laughs) You were like, oh, I can't wait for it. I like Rush. No doubt. Love him. Got a little limelight here, uh, which I actually picked this one based on what you were just talking about, Zach. Like... Those experiences, being in the, the limelight, limelight yep. Uh, you know, in, in the company of greats. Uh, here on the break, we were getting some refills up here at Mellow Mushroom, and Larry, you were talking about, you know, the experience, kind of like the personal experience, and how they were just cool guys. They were they were good to you, and uh, can you let, let's just rewind a little bit, talk a little bit about the experience that you had with Pele in particular, and the visit, his his house, and that experience. Well, this is going back uh, 1980. It was it, you know, I, I just gotten married, but we were uh, the Cosmos always would go on preseason tours, and we were going on one through South America. So one of our stops was in Santos of Brazil, where Pelé, you know, made his original name, and uh, so you know, Pelé being a player of the Cosmos, still have that connection with all you know with them. He, after we played the game, or he invited our, the whole team, Cosmo team, up to his house. You know, beautiful house up on the hills, 
Um, and then actually, I remember it was Dave, Dave Bursick and I, you know, we, we, we kind of were, you know, asking, you know, he, he, he invited us basically to go, he knew we were from St. Louis, invited us to go look at his trophy room, which was a, a massive room. It had all these different <laughs> trophies and awards. And this guy, for everything he probably ever received, it was just kind of, I was taken aback because there was one when he played probably for Santos, um, in, you know, against the star, you know, stars or whomever. And, you know, he had the trophy with the arch on it and all that. It just took, it took, this took me and I said, he could, and he, he actually pointed it out, you know, to us. And it was just like, and I just thought, <laughs> I mean, he, he was, he's just a very nice did, guy. Did, so did hold you ask on. him where his city county tro- trophies were? <laughs> yeah, you got any of those? Yeah. <laughs> so Pele, St. Louis is on the map to Pele. Like he, what you're saying basically is he understood from a, a soccer landscape standpoint, at least in the United States, St. Louis had a, a place. Definitely, So yes. much so that he called you and Dave Bursick out and showed them, uh, showed you guys a trophy with the arch on top of it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Holy was, crap. Yeah, no, it was, you know, you know it's, it's kind of just surreal. A guy like that with it, all the accomplishments that he, he uh, you know, had o- over his career and, and just the type of person he was. I mean, I, I mean he was just so, you never really th- looked at him and thought, he, he, you know, again, one of these guys that, you know, doesn't think they're better than you. I mean, yeah. Although he's way better than us, but... You know, he, he was just a great, great, great guy. You know, just because we're talking about play, did you guys ever think, I always wondered myself, you know, when, when, when Brazil was winning all these cups, he was never the captain of the Brazilian team. Right. It was Carlos Alberto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I, and I never, I, I've never known to really substantiate why that was, but it just, there's things that just always keep, stay in my mind. I always think about that. Well, I never even Well, the other part of that is also that. when you do, when you get into the deep dives of the Brazilian national team in particular, they they will like the, the 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 journalists and everybody. They won't go to Pele first. They always talk about the the defense. They talk about their defenders, their anchors. Like they un- they understand the game at a level that most mortal men don't. Uh, did you in your travels and your experiences? Yes, NASL picked up a lot of high powered goal scorers, but talk about. Def- defenders and that because we always ask who was the guy you played against you know uh, to our guests and that you were like aha was there ever like just an anchor that you were in awe of well I would say you know the one who kind of comes to mind is uh, in Vancouver Whitecaps had um, he was a sweeper at that time when, we, when they played sweeper was the Dutch sweep, sweeper Rude Kroll mm. and the guy was he was just so calm you know, a phenomenal player, and very similar was Carlos Alberto. You know, Carlos was, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if he had five guys around him. You know, he give me the book. You know, he you know, and he get himself out. You're like going, what? You know, you, wow. you so that type of composure and things on a, some a player like that, you just kept everything organized, and you always found people like that. You know, even you know, I think about Beckenbauer. You know, and you're thinking, you know, I mean, was he like the fastest guy in the world or anything? But he was so composed on the ball. Yeah. That it just amazed you, you know, and, and and he would get it in tight situations, and just you know he'd get out of it without, without any issues. Those guys always, you know, always made made me aware of, of people, players like that, you know, and the ones that always be, you know, that I mean, as any if you're an attacking player, I mean, to me, anyone you're always concerned about is somebody who wants to attack on the other end, right? You know, I mean, you know, right. a, you know, a wing back who just goes and goes, and you're like, oh, man. You know, which 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 brings you to the story because Zach, during the time out here, we're talking a little bit about France, but that was a, and I couldn't even tell you who the left back was. But he was about six foot three. He could run like the wind, 
and I, I, well, Chiswick started me a game, and I, mind you, this is when I went back to college, right? And I, and I hadn't been training hardly at all. We go back over to, you know, we put a team together to go play France, you know, Michelle Platini, and, and all of a sudden, Walt goes, all right, Larry, you started right, you know, right midfield. I'm like, I haven't. I haven't done anything. Really, you know. <laughs> I got to run nine miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was the first half. Yeah, now, I chased this guy, you know, and I was like, and, and Walt knew it. He goes, there, I could tell you were done. I said, I was done, you know. And it, it, but these guys, you know, those are the guys that, I, that, that you know, that, that's the thing that has changed in the game. Is to be honest, over the years, you know, from play era and. Is that you know, and it started with the Dutch national team in my mind, you know, because re- total total football, football right? Yeah. And these mm-hmm. wing backs would be up in the 18, up one end of the field to the other, and it was just you know, it was just amazing to watch because prior to that, you know, hey, you're a fullback, you know, you're you're a back, you stay back here, you know, you stay now. behind the half lane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me let me kind of point this out and ask your opinion on it, and this is really more of a larger uh, zoom out macro. Uh, uh, basically thought I have because you, you the time frame your timeline you you play slew uh, mid 70s still a powerhouse ranked number one you guys didn't 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 win a national championship but you're relevant at the college game at the highest level you then get the opportunity to play in the NASL when the NASL is really at its peak and, and you, the names of names are there you then shift into your indoor years you're playing with the steamers and the steamers are filling a lot of bodies in seats at checker dome and you know and then you then you wind out at towards the end of your career but for that generation because this is some of the conversations that we've had with other individuals mm-hmm. there's a gap they were either coming out of college right at the end of nasl and they weren't really ready or interested in the indoor game. And, you know, and then those that are, that are maybe 10 years younger, roughly uh, going into the early 90s, well, MLS doesn't exist yet either. So you do you, do you feel lucky in so much that you kind of got to eat the icing off the cake at every one of these levels during that time frame? Does, do you think about that looking backwards? Very much so, and, and quite often because, you know, you know, when you, the NASL at that time was, was thriving, you know, and in the year I came into the league is when Johan Cruyff came in the league, you know, and you had, and, and most of the Dutch national team players that had played in 74 were, came into the league, believe it or not, you know, in, in the NASL and different Resenbrink and, you know, Rude Crow and, you know, I mean, they were just phenomenal players, you know, and you had all these, these, these players in there, right? I, so I do, and, and then at the time, like you're saying, the, you know, the MISO with the Steamers was, I mean, it, it was it was an all. I, and I, I, I've heard some of the things you know, with Shep Messing and all that. It was probably the same game. We went out for warm-ups, you know, <laughs> and I want to say it was, you know, and we beat them up there, lost the second game. It was the third game, and it was in St. Louis. And, uh, and we're going out for warm We don't know. I mean, the place was buzzing. It was full. You know, and, again, this was this was an hour and something before the game, and I'm just looking around going, holy crap. You know, I did just. I was. Place is shaking. I, 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 it was. And they were probably blaring "Rush" on the on the PA. Well, I, I tried to get them to do <laughs> yeah. that, but you know, <laughs> they wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, it was just. Yeah. No, it, it was. It was a phenomenal time. It was. I was very, very fortunate, for sure. Speaking awesome. of those times, um, in the break, Zach had mentioned. If you guys would just, meaning me and JB, shut up on the episode and let you guys get to it, um, <laughs> we want to hear the stories. And a couple of guys that we've had from your era have talked about it. 
In those steamer days, can you confirm, deny, can you talk about the stories after the game with the team at Stan's Restaurants? Uh, restaurant like was it stands and biggies or yeah, yeah, what yeah. was it well musual and biggies yeah and it was i mean it, it, we always had an open invitation to go to God you know stand and, you know and musual and biggies after the game and you know jack gariani if you want if you won if you lost, if, you had to pay. Yeah, if you won, he yeah, would pay. Yeah, then you know, Stan would. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we, we won, Stan. No worry God, I would try hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we gave it our all. Yeah, but you know, it, it was. It was. It, it, you went in there and again. This guy is, uh, you know, I mean, toast of town. Toast is right. We're probably the you know the greatest athletes we ever had in, in the city coming yeah, out. You know, and and the, and the type of person he was. And he would, you know, I, I mean, he'd come up and talk to you all the time. You know, he he knew nothing about soccer, to be honest, you know. Yeah. But him and his and uh, Lil, Lil was his wife, you know. And they were always there, you know, always connected and all the time, you know. And, then, and we had a, we had a Christmas uh, party um, at Musual and Biggie's, and I just re- recall Stan be up there, you know, he's playing, he's got his harmonica going, you know, and Lil's out there dancing, and I think Lil even maybe took a tumble. You know, I mean, they, she, she may have a little wine. You know, I'm not sure. But. And nobody dared touch her. Oh no, no, not me. Nah, nah. No, wait. <laughs> not happening. But no, it was it, it was great. I mean, it was just it, again, it was a time then. You know, that we had. You know, you had Gray Eagle. You know, Jerry Clinton, and you know, I mean, and you got you know the, 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 the brewery. You know, you know, Dunny Long and the whole all, all the big big companies were involved, especially the beer ones. Surprising. So we played Limelight earlier. And you got to play in two of the biggest markets currently in soccer. Actually, three of the biggest markets now. I'm, I'm just being a little homer here for St. Louis. But you played in L.A. No, no, I see what you did there. You played in New York. And then you come back to St. Louis. Of those three areas, you won Rookie of the Year. You get to play with some of the greatest players ever in, in the cosmos. And then you come to St. Louis. Of those three areas, where did you feel like the biggest celebrity? Oh, that's a good, 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 good question there. I, you know, L.A. was like they didn't recognize you know you at all. I mean, that L.A. doesn't recognize you know they're one of the Lakers. They I guess they do, but <laughs> yeah. you know they stand out. Um, New York was was they really did you know they I mean they would you know they'd have seventy four thousand people at games you know and, they, and they, you know they look at the program say you're in the team yeah I go yeah, yeah you know so they they thought you were something you know. Uh, but we, yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it may have been there. And again, when you travel with the cosmos, I'm talking about, you know, all over the world. I mean, there were people everywhere because you know, they didn't want to see me, but they sure, you know, hey, Franz, Giorgio, yeah. you know, I mean, they, Carlos, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, Bursic. Well, Dave, yeah, Dave for sure. I forgot him. Yeah, yeah. I should have started. Yeah, little, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Is Dave Bursic on this on yeah. this trip? Yeah. Where's Dave? Where's Dave? Excuse oh, yeah. me, Pele, scoot over, please. Yeah, yeah. I want that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. But you know, I, again, I you know, being in this town, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a limelight person. You know, I mean, I just kind of sit in the back and you know, I, I, I do what I enjoy doing. I love, you know, I've got, uh, you know. I, my wife had three da- three kids, you know, two two daughters and a whose son had all played, by the way. Yeah, and so we're successful. You had mentioned Denny Long, so that kind of is a good segue to go into your coaching days at Bush. Um, Denny Long and the club there. Can you talk about those early days at Bush Soccer Club and what that meant, exiting the game and starting to give back to the game? I know a lot of the guests that we've had are still giving back to the game, as you are. I mean. 
that Bush Club and that build, building of the park and Denny Long's involvement, that was exciting times in our game here in this city as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like a stepping stone, obviously. You know, I mean, you look at now, this, all the soccer fields all over the, you know, the city. It's amazing. But Soccer Park was the first main one, and it was an honor just to go down there, you know. And then the whole thing, when they had the fundraising thing, we're asking for donations, you know. But Denny, you know, whatever they needed, Denny, Denny did, you know. And obviously that, that formed, you know, the whole the start of, you know, the Soccer Club, St. Louis Soccer Club, all of St. Louis Scott Gallagher, where it is now. And it's, I mean, you know, you get out of town, people come in here and see that park now, they're just in awe. They go, wow, how, you know, how'd you guys do this, you know? And Our kids are 15, and they played there. They, um, there's not a, a, a visiting folk that comes in that don't say, this place is awesome. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it's fantastic. And, you know, and again, they're constantly upgrading, you know, and putting the new, you know, new turf in. And now I don't, the last thing they were doing, like on field four, though, on the north side, you know, they're putting in a goalie training area, you know, and you're like, wow. I mean, and it, it, whatever it looks like in the end, I don't know. But Well, how, mu- how much fun is it for you today, <clears throat> you know, fast forwarding to the current, you're still coaching. You're still working with uh, how many teams do you work with right now? Well, I, there's four. I'm in the uh, the 2012 on the girls side. Okay. So it's Sterling Westcott, uh, Carlton Williams, um, and uh, Laura Stroot and Scott. You know, we and so there's we, we work with the four and we train like together on on usually Wednesdays, Thursdays, and we have our own team namely on Mondays. You know, okay. so it's it's you know I mean I, I mean to kind of hopefully answer your question here. I mean for me, well. I, keeps me going well so my question is this how fun is it for you though um given your relationship to the game your whole life to go out to the soccer park to be able to take all that knowledge experience you you, and, and continue to provide it to the next gen but also the other component is as you walk around the park like there's Petch. there's you know these guys that you spent your career playing with and training how special is it for you at, at here in the the latter quarters of your soccer career to still be have all those early peers with you through this process? Oh, it's it it's huge. I mean, again, it it, it, it it's home. You know, for me. I mean, th- th- this game is. I love this game, and you know, I I want to instill that you know that love of the game to the kids I coach, you know, and I try to make it fun for them. I've changed over the years. I was, you know, I, I was very hard on my own my own kids when I first <laughs> yeah. started coaching, which I guess most of it would be. But now it, my, my whole my whole thing is just, you know, and, and you're seeing guys like, you know, you know, Pets giving back, you know, and, you, you know, Scotty McDonald played with the Steamers and, you know, him out there and a lot of these guys, you know, and, you know, and you mentioned Kenny Godad all the time, you know, but, but, but Kenny, you know, being out there and work, I mean, you watch him, the enthusiasm that this uh, guy shows is phenomenal. It's so funny because so, so you were actually in a photo I took a little while back. Do you guys remember this photo I took out? Of, I think it was Creve Court Park. It was that Swords uh, on there? <clears throat> so I took this photo and it was, you know, nice little, oh, look at the sunset, whatever. But then I really looked at the photo and I'm like, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's you. You were in this photo in a distance training. Patch was training the girls. You had Godat was there. You had McDaniel. Uh, yeah, thank you. You had Mike. Um, you had Mike Sorber. You had Mark Santel. You, I mean, uh, Tritt and crew was on the field next. The academy kids were over there. And I'm looking across the field and there's 45 caps. In the corner. (laughs) National team caps, NASL play starts. That's not normal. 
and, and I know I keep coming back to this, and I and I don't want to sound like a homer, but I'm going to be a homer a- again. When you stand out there and you look around, is there anywhere else in America that, from a soccer perspective, that has that? In your opinion, I would say no. You know, again, you you you've taken a group of guys who realize they owe something, right, to the game, and hopefully that we're teaching that game and, and again, creating a love of the game, you know, for these kids that we're coaching, you know, and yeah. I think that's huge. And, and other parts, I mean, you may have one or two scattered, you know, within a club here and there that are doing it, but to have that number, no. I would think this is, you know, it, it's very odd, you know. It was, it was it was a surreal moment for me. I thought I thought it was funny. The picture I, was great because awesome. I liked your, your your social media post. So, about so I it. just start putting air on arrows on all. The, <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of pros. It is, and I, I want to take it to the next level, which is you've been around the game for a while, but you're still in, and you're t- you're you're working with 2012 birth age girls, so they're 11 years old, max. What's next for them? You know, what, where do you see with the women's game in particular as a female coach? Not your, yeah, not your female, but coaching females. Where do you see the women's game going? Well, I, I think it's going to, you know, obviously it's continuing to grow. And I know we've had some conversations, you know, maybe hopefully bringing an NWSL team here, which I think is huge. Give, give them something to look for, yes. you know. You know, and uh, uh, you know, like Alex Pfeiffer, you know, go, going to Kansas yeah. City and playing. I mean, the, I've seen, watched the kid. Not, I didn't see her play that much. I coached somewhat in that age group, but she wasn't on my team at that time. I mean, I watched her play. You know, when they came back, they won the national champion. I, I'm a kid. Kid's unbelievable. You yeah. know, it's pretty good. But that's that's what you want. I mean, it's all about you know, again, creating that work ethic and in, in, in players to want to get better and better and better. You know, and I know you guys asked some. You know, like. What do you look for in a player here and there? You know, and a lot of it is. I mean, for me, I always tell the kids when I start, I look for a couple of athleticism, right? Compete level, skill level, and then soccer IQ. Right? Yeah. And now my new one is, you know, desire. Ooh. Right? So you have the desire to put all these that. things together. I think he, uh, that was just like a light bulb. That word, we haven't heard that word a lot. You didn't write it down, though. I'm, I'm, cause I'm talking right now. I'm going to write it down. Because you talk with your hands, so you can't. I can't write and talk at the same time. Oh, I did that bad. That word, I think, is so critical to the things you said earlier. You talked about confidence. You talked about perseverance. I think the word you didn't use, you just did, which is desire. You had a desire to prove you deserve to be there. You had a desire to beat that guy for that spot or desire to, you know, achieve a certain thing. And I think that desire comes from something. And I think it is unique to hear. And I don't know if it's because there are so many people you could walk back home and say, look what I just did. <laughs> Cause you knew that your whole neighborhood had also no, achieved I, some great things. No, so that desire a, is huge. No, I'm writing it down in, Be- in bold. Well, because we were talking about it earlier. It's like spelled it wrong. The, 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 the reality is, whether it's a north-south uh, debate or slew SIU, take, take your pick. Whatever the debate is, th- that desire is because so many of our peers and so many of our elders, generations, they all did it. They all yeah. won. So it's like as young players, and we see it in our boys now, and you probably see it in the girls, slowly as they potentially look at the history of oh what's coach done in his life right yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know when you tell them what to do like no I know what I'm talking about I think that's an advantage that we have baked in so and I'm going to piggyback on what Zach just talked about what's next 
and my my question to you is you've seen talent you've seen talent in generations through your own experience and then coaching and moving into now you know we're approaching this new wave phase of soccer has never been more popular you know in this country than it is today right now and it'll be more popular tomorrow and the next day etc from a global perspective from a league professional perspective what do we need to do if you had the keys to the car how do we get over the hump how do we get past a plus one out of group stage in the world cup on the men's side how do we get more european pros that are in their prime between 22 and 27 not 29 and 38 what do we need to do as a nation soccer wise because you've dipped your toe in every market you kind of have a unique perspective well, I mean, the game has come a long way, the American American game. But what, what's basically elevated us right now, let's be honest, is, you know, the players are leaving the MLS or America and going playing over in Europe in particular. And over there, you're, you know, each and every day, you're, you're training with and against, you know, better players along with maybe a better concept of coaching or whatever again and i think what what, what happens over overall is the players the start separating players is the ones who basically they 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 think the game much faster right because i said earlier you know about that's me the difference between you know high school level to college level to professional level is the speed and quickness of the game right but all but but how how that level is much higher you know that the skill level is here and you yeah. and how do we do it i mean I think it's the opportunity to get exposure. Because this is honestly, JB, in, in my mind, when we were, I felt like when we, you know, we go over these international tournaments. When I know Dave talked about them, Danoon, Scotland, you know, these, they, they were laughing at us. Excuse my terminology. We kicked their ass. I mean, and everybody we played, and they were. I mean, I'm talking about you know, good German teams, Scottish teams, yep. English teams. And at that level, we were on a par with them, I felt, you know, and maybe there were better players maybe here and there that were on different teams sure. and all that. But every time we went and played someone, we, we you know, we, we kind of knew that we, you know, hey, we can play with you guys. But again, it's at that level, again, of training and coaching beyond that. So at that time, it was, you know, we were 15, 16 years old. Well, right at that point is where it really has to change, right? Because te- some of those other kids were, you know, from Scotland or whatever, they were getting signed by, you know, Man City. There was one kid who was the MVP of the tournament over there when we played. And, and that's what it is. It, you know, there's it, it, a fine line there, you know? And again, well, we're getting more and better athletes too, you know? You're getting more, you know, you're seeing, I mean, the game when I played, somebody like me, you know, five foot nine. You know, I mean, not. I mean, best yeah. players in the world. Were. Yeah, but I saw that photo. You had a stash. Mm-hmm. Like, right. yeah, I'd be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rocking, yeah. intimidating. That helped. That helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask this question because you've referenced that you listen to the show, and your opinion is certainly valid with coaching our youth, growing up, high school, playing collegiately, then pro. Um, we often debate the today's soccer academy versus high school. Do you have an opinion either way on that, like as far as, and, and we could do a whole other episode probably with your opinion, but what is your 90-second stint on uh, are we going in the right direction or are, are, are we making it unfair for the high-level kids not being able to play high school? Well, I mean, I think, again, for the development, again, you know, you always want to be challenged, and I'll go back to my, you know, my youth or whatever, you know, I mean, even collegially. If we went and played like with the Olympic teams, you know, our national teams, and when you came back like to your collegiate level, and not to sound arrogant here, 
but it was it was so much slower easier yeah, yeah. i mean and that's the thing that i, I think we see when, when the kids are in development academies i mean every day it, it's a challenge the players are challenging each other right, right. and yep. I, and i think that is huge now high school soccer again it's, it's up to the in, individuals and what they want out of the game you know and when I, I think of high school you know and i know you've had the high school coaches on here and all that again there's a lot of great high school coaches but there's not necessarily a bunch of great players that fill out that team right so who are you practicing against you know you know if, you know if i'm up at this level and i'm you know playing some kid that you know yeah he played uh, you know uh, through eighth grade you know in cyc I mean, how how is he helping that other kid? You know, when yeah. Gallagher's things I like about Gallagher's, you know, and, I'm, and, and Fuse is great and Stainless you know, Development Academy. But the, one of their things is put like players with like players. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's why you know that, that irritates people sometimes. But I mean, for me, you know, that, that's what's going to make you better, right? And they and they also do things where they'll take a kid. You know, you got a kid that's you know that's dominating his U15 age group. You know what? Let's throw him up to 16. Yeah. See how you do bump Throw him, him up to 17. Yeah, Two. bump him up too, you know. Yeah. And this is what, you know, high school soccer, you can say, does the same thing, you know, because it. But, you know, as many great, good teams there are in high school soccer, is there enough? You know, in, in the Champions League. Uh, it's, a, it's a great idea. It is, because now you're, it's, you're, you're playing in schools that have top players, top coaches, yep. you know, that are going to make each other, other, other better. But besides that, it just becomes, you know, well said. Yeah, I, I, that's a good answer. Let me, I agree. Let, Go me, ahead. let me line you up with a parting uh, topic. Quick question here. I've got uh, one in the in the in the chamber as well. You go first. I will, because you want to close it out, right? Nice yeah. yeah, you go ahead. Mine's going to be a little bit, not longer, but you, you talked about your four things and you added desire as your fifth now kind of characteristic. Do you think there's a way to teach that? There isn't. And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that you can't, you know, I mean, because, you know, we talk about athleticism. Now, I can help you a little bit and be a be- little better athlete, you know, but you know, can compete level. It's, it's hard to teach a kid to compete. Well, but, but even, even in the training environment, if a kid does not have the desire to train, right? It, it's, the training can be the best in the world. They're going to only get maybe 70% of the value. Right. I would, ar- right. I would argue that you're not, not your point, but argue that the desire comes from that iron sharpens iron concept you said. Put this, the right players with the right players. That desire will start to come out when it shows, when you start to get beat a little bit, exactly. pride kicks in. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. not, I, well, that's not going to happen. Exactly. I totally think we, we talked about you know, the St. Louis players, you know, the compete yes. levels and stuff. You know, hey, I, I don't want to lose. I don't nope. like losing. And it's the same thing in that, you know, if you have a desire, right, you know, I'll show you, you know, Love that, that I want to so. get better. Just, it, Love that. Yeah. So, so the new crown jewel in town is, as we all know, St. Louis City SC. My question to you is simple. How fun is that having this in our backyard with that stadium, with this ownership group, and knowing that you, we talk about this often, there are bricks, you know, there's foundations. (laughs) You are a name. You are part of the foundation that, in my opinion, made that franchise such a head start. He says five nine. How how how, how proud break. are you? How excited are you about City SC? Oh, I mean, it's phenomenal. I you know, I have season tickets, you know, and it's it's you know my and my kids, you know, they, they go to the games that I don't go to, you know, and so I, I I literally I walk in and I'm in awe of the stadium the first time I walked in. I mean, it's it's just it, they did everything right, you know. They put the right you know type type of team together, you know, too. I mean, I remember I'm going with Lutz. He was in a Blues 
uh, telecast and they're, and they're interviewing him and stuff. And he said, you know, and he goes, this is what I see. You know, we see what the St. Louis people are like. Yeah. And so they want hardworking players that compete mm-hmm. and run and, te- you know, and, and work hard. And what did they put together? A team, and they were successful because because of that. And the fans coming out. There's people. Not not everybody that comes to those games are soccer fans, but no. the the environment no. itself is it's second to none. They nailed it. Yeah, well said. Congratulations to you. Um, congratulations to the kids that you get to be around because they don't know what they got. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, I, I, this has been awesome, man. And for me, this is one of those check boxes. Uh, we say it all the time. I mean, what a fun time, and uh, good luck to you. Yeah, Larry, thank you very much Jared, for joining Zach, us. Jared, Zach, JB, it's been an honor, and I appreciate it. And thank you, sir. I'll, I'll just say, with, you know, you guys are doing a wonderful job. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Here's a little rush for you on the way out. Working man. Love it. <laughs> hey, I want to send a quick uh, thought and a shout-out to our friend Terry Mickler. Hope you're doing okay. And thank you, Mellow Mushroom, for hosting us. Uh, smells great. Well, I'm, I'm going to grab a pie on the way out here. I'm not Good doing idea. the mushroom. Sorry. Uh, You're not John, getting mushroom Johnny soup? Johnny Burke, I'm not doing the mushroom soup. I'm going to do something meets a pizza. Just don't, don't be mad about it. I'm not mad about Nobody's it. Nobody's mad about it. But uh, it sounds, it sounds like you guys are mad over, that I had We don't have the desire to eat mushroom soup. <laughs> All right. See you guys. I killed your mic. <laughs> We're out of here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, like, review, share, follow, all that nice stuff. Uh, Like I said before, it's free. It's the holidays. We would appreciate it. Catch you next time.